St. Warburg's Derby. Twenty years ago, one of my favourite bands uh, released um, an album, Manic Street Preachers, uh, if you're into kind of angry men with guitars, which I love. Um, they released an album called This Is My Truth, Tell Me Yours. And if you're a Manic's fan, it was a great album. Um, had such classics as You Stole the Sun From My Heart. And if you tolerate this, your children will be next to n- none of you. None some people are, okay, brilliant. It's a great album. Um, but what was interesting is it was picked up as quite a postmodern marker. It was at the height of the postmodernity, 1998, and suddenly this album was released. Tell me your truth and I'll tell you mine. You can have whatever truth you want. I have mine. And as long as no one hurts children or animals, we're all good. It was basically the postmodern mindset. Before that, we had the modern mindset, which was, if you want to help you get your head around that, that's Star Trek first generation, and that is kind of science and kind of progress, and we're all wanting to learn and explore more. It was all, that, was the, that was the overarching story of the modern mindset. The postmodern mindset, no one big story. No meta-narrative, as the, the kind of academics would call it. No um, sense of one truth anymore. You have your truth, I have my truth, and that's fine. And so what happened and what became important was interpretation. How you interpreted your text, how you interpreted your truth, how you interpreted your story was what became the key skill that we as society needed to learn. And the main goal, the societal goal, was tolerance. Tolerate everybody. Just, just be tolerant of everything. That was how you were supposed to operate in this postmodern mindset. And we were doing okay for some years, until a couple of years ago when, well there's no other word for it, Brexit and Trump happened. And suddenly truth became redefined. Now, I'm not here to, um, to give any political views. I'm not, I'm not here to talk about those things. I'm just wanting to talk about truth. Because up until that point, we kind of all knew that politicians lied, didn't we? We all kind of had a vague understanding that that's what happened. But if they got caught in a lie, there were consequences to the lie. Nowadays... If somebody lies in the political sphere and they get caught in that lie, instead of kind of being embarrassed or resigning or having something happen, they just kind of lie again. They kind of double down on what they're wanting to say and just kind of reshift it and change it around. And they say, well, okay, actually, I just misspoke. When I said would, I meant wouldn't. They just keep redefining it. So not only is there now no truth, it's almost as though truth doesn't matter. It's a political commentator, a theologian, a guy called Jim Wallace, who I really admire. I've got some of his books. He's great. And um, he writes for the Sojourners magazine, and he um, 
is part of a movement. It's called Reclaiming Jesus. It's moving across the states, and the whole point of it, there's a whole group of Christian leaders who are trying to say, no, we're reclaiming Jesus and what he stands for. And it includes uh, Bishop Michael Curry, who preached at um, the Royal Wedding a couple of months ago. But Jim Wallace uh, wrote this this week. And remember, I'm not talking about politics, I'm just talking about the person. Trump is more than a liar. He has always tried to change what people believe about the truth, suggesting that there is not really any truth, and people should just believe whatever Trump says. Listen to him and hear him in any situation, trying to change the truth to whatever he says it is. This goes all the way back to day one of his presidency, his inauguration day, when Trump said that the sun was shining, though it was continually raining. It has been raining on democracy ever since. And that is now the leader of the free world, redefining truth so that it is whatever he wants it to be. So where does that leave us? What does it mean for people who want to live truthful lives, who want to speak truth? And does it even matter anymore? Does anybody care what truth is? Well, thankfully, the Bible has a lot to say on this. And it is straightforward and very clear about what it means to be people of the truth. And so we're going to jump in. We're going to read just two verses that speak directly to us about this this evening. As we finish our holy living series, what does it mean to live whole lives? John chapter 8. If you've got Bibles on your phones or um, they're just going to come up on the screen. John chapter 8 verses 31 and 32. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Let's pray. Loving Father, we thank you that the truth sets us free. And this evening, as we gather around your word, we ask that you'll speak to us, speak into our hearts and into our minds. May we be people who follow after the truth and speak truth. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Right. I think we have a problem with truth. I think we all have a problem with truth. I think we all struggle with it from time to time. It's the comment, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just coming. When actually you're still doing your makeup or your hair or whatever it is that people do that takes such a long time. For me, it's quite straightforward. Um, it's those little white lies. It's those little moments where we bend the truth, where we think we're saying something, but actually we all know the reality is Yeah, you look great in that. You know, it's those little lies. It's those little thoughts, those little comments that we struggle in telling the truth. And sometimes that comes out in a more comical way. Sometimes that comes out in a more obvious way. Um, I want to tell you a story. I really don't want to tell you this story. This is um, highly embarrassing. But I feel like I need to share this with you just to get it off my chest. 
Whilst I was at university, um, we did a year in industry, and when I went to start my job for the year, I turned up on the first day, and I wanted to make a good impression. I wanted to be good, keen, eager with my boss. I wanted to show the right, kind of set the right marker, and uh, that first day, they were very kind. They took me out for lunch, and uh, we went to one of those um, all-you-can-eat buffet things, which, um, truth be told, was ideal for me, and... um, we get there, and I keep eating, and I keep eating, and I, and I, I do what I do best, which is eat. And um, my boss noticed that I was eating quite a lot, and he said to me... Anyway, the conversation went down the line, and I ended up telling him a story. I, can't, I really can't believe I'm saying this. I told him that I'd eaten so much at an all-you-can-eat buffet before that I'd got asked to leave. No way in the world was that true. Homer Simpson did it, and I had applied it to myself and claimed it as me. What an idiot. What an idiot. And you could see my boss looking at me going, we've employed a nutter. This is going to be the longest year we've ever had. Sometimes, I mean, that's just a ridiculous example, and I'm I'm just saying it to get it off my chest, and thank you for hearing me out. But sometimes telling the truth is a more difficult thing. So when in that year, there was 12 of us students working in the same um, company, and we were on our email chain, and we used to kind of basically contact each other when it was time to go for lunch, and let's all go out and hang out. And there was one time during that year where um, the conversation, the, the night before, a load of those, the guys had been out um, drinking, and it, the next morning, the email conversation was very locker room talk to borrow another Trump quote, and it was pretty horrific, Uh, and something came up, and one of the phrases that was used is, well, we would all do it, wouldn't we? And I knew deep in my heart, I knew the truthful answer for me to that question was, no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. I live my life to a different standard. I wouldn't act like that. And so I Sat, I breathed heavily, I worked it all out, and eventually I just typed back the reply in my email. No, I wouldn't do that. Send. And the email abuse chain that then came out of that was, I couldn't keep up. Like, the emails were flying in from every direction. Why wouldn't you? Come on, we're a lad. Lad, lad, lad. Hooray! And it just carried on. And eventually, I had to say, no, it's, it's because I'm a, it's because I'm a, a Christian. I wanted to tell the truth and to speak the truth and to speak that out caused a lot of pain. I was embarrassed, if I'm honest with you. I felt vulnerable and ashamed. And I felt ashamed that I felt ashamed. That that it was embarrassing for me to say that I followed Jesus and therefore I lived my life in a different way. And then it embarrassed me that I was embarrassed that saying that I followed Jesus. Rowan Williams the former Archbishop of Canterbury, who is the man with the biggest brain in the world, and also the biggest eyebrows, but the biggest brain in the world. He said that the biggest challenge facing Christians today is living out truth in a pluralistic society. Living out what it means to follow Jesus when everybody else says there are so many different understandings of of faith and religion and life, and how do we actually live that out? 
We need a starting point. We need something to say, this is truth. This is who I am. This is what I am standing for. And in John chapter 14, Jesus says some of the most famous words. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And that, that phrase is probably now one of the most controversial phrases you can say in today's world. You're claiming that there is just one truth. And you're claiming that the only way to God is through Jesus. And it's caused controversy. Surely all faiths, all religions, they're all kind of just different pathways up the mountain to reach God in some format. Jesus says no. No, they are not. They are significantly different. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the one who's created this life. He knows what it is to be living. He knows what it means to have a full life, a lived out life, the way to follow him. And so that looks like caring for the poor, the last, the least, the lost. It looks like washing your disciples' feet, serving other people, loving your neighbor and your enemy so that you can find hope, life, and freedom. But the key phrase in the midst of that is Jesus says, I am the truth. Truth now doesn't become some kind of philosophical, academic question. Truth is a person, and truth has a name, and the name is Jesus. That is who truth is, and we can relate to truth. It's not an idea or a concept, it's a person, and therefore we have a relationship with him. Hold that in the back of your mind as we jump back to John 8, verses 31 and 32. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth. You will know Jesus. And the truth, Jesus, will set you free. In these two verses, there's a, there's a flow, there's an order, there's a um, construct to this sentence. And there's three main things that happen. And the final word, the final piece is freedom. If you want freedom, freedom to be able to say that you follow Jesus to your work colleagues. Freedom to live out the life that you feel that you want to live out. Freedom to... To be known and to know others. Freedom to give and to love and to be. If you want that type of freedom, you find it through truth. But Jesus goes on in John chapter 8. He goes on to verse 34. He says, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free Indeed, the freedom that Jesus is talking about is freedom from sin. Freedom from thinking that you have to think how the rest of the world thinks and live out how they live. Freedom from ignoring God and doing your own thing. The Son can set you free from that. And the only way we do that is by knowing the truth. And the truth isn't just found in these two verses. It's the whole story of Jesus. It's his life. It's his death. It's his resurrection. 
It's the fact that Jesus died for you, that he loves you, he created you, he longs for a relationship with you, that he forgives you, that he gives you life. That is the truth. And when we find that, the way, the truth, and the life, we find freedom. Freedom to truly be who we are. Freedom to be the person that we have been created to be. Free from all our insecurities and past pain and challenges. Free to live out our life in relationship with him. But it comes through knowing truth. Knowing Jesus. That's where we find freedom. But to know truth... How do we get there? What does that look like? How does that physically manifest itself? Well, Jesus says it in verse 31. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Some translations say, if you obey my teaching, if you obey my commands. Back in John 14, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands. And so suddenly, obeying truth and freedom are connected. There is a flow. There is an order that is happening here. But it seems counterintuitive. If I want to live a free life, I don't want to obey someone else. Surely freedom is different from obeying. But Jesus is saying, no, no, no. Obey my commands. Because I'm the one who created life. I know what it means to live. I've got, I know what this looks like. And if you obey these commands, freedom comes. Through knowing truth. Through knowing Jesus. How we love others. How we love our neighbor as ourselves. How we love our enemies. How we love our colleagues. How we care for the last, the least, the lost. How we practice hospitality. Welcoming the stranger. How we trust Jesus. How we pray for the miracles How we say, I'm not going to live my life fueled on anger and lust and greed and selfishness. I'm going to die to those things because I'm keeping his commandments, holding to his teaching. Because I know Jesus, I know the truth, and that is where I find freedom. In the end, it's all back to relationship with Jesus. Knowing him, knowing the truth and letting him set you free. In John, back to John 14, sorry we're jumping between 18 and 14, lots of connections into the passages. John 14, verses 15 to 17, he says this, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, or helper, or counsellor, to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. The spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit is in you and with you, leading you, guiding you, helping you. That is how we live out our relationship with him. Jesus is the only person who lived this out fully who obeyed all of his own teachings and did it perfectly and found perfect freedom. But he died for living that life. But he's left us 
the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, to be in us, to empower us, to give us the strength to face each moment, to know how to speak truth when it feels like we're going to step out and be vulnerable, to know what it means to love our neighbors and to care for other people. It's the Spirit of God living in us that enables us to do just that. We cannot do this alone. We get to live it out by obeying his teaching, knowing the truth, and that sets us free. The spirit of truth. You will know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I've got one small claim to fame. Very small. Um, When I was at sixth form college, I hung out with a mate of mine called Will. Uh, We were good mates um, from kind of 16 to 18. We hung out a lot. We used to go underage drinking, which I know is frowned upon, um, but that's what we did. And um, we were good mates. And then he went off to one university. I went off to a different university. And then we met up again at Christmas at the end of first term at university. And we were just catching up and hanging out and stuff. And um, I said to him, so so what are you up to? And he's like, oh, well, I'm in a band. I was like, oh, that's cool. He's like, yeah, 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 you should should come and hear us. And I was like, "Mm, I've heard you you play the drums before. I'm, I'm okay, thanks, Will one of the biggest mistakes of my life because the band that he was in went on to become Coldplay. And um, they've done all right for themselves, let's be honest. And uh, next thing I saw of Will was when he was on stage at the Brits collecting a a Brit Award from Kylie Minogue. And I kind of regretted saying, no, no, I'm good. So this is a lesson to all of you. If your mate asks you to go and hear their band, just go. (laughs) Just just go. A couple of years later... um, uh, when they were doing that, I can't pronounce the name of it. Is it Zyla Maloto? What is, is it something like that, their album? Um, I bumped into Will because we're both Southampton football fans. And I know Derby beat us yesterday. Well done, Derby. But um, we, were, we were down at watching Southampton play. And um, Will spotted me in the crowd. That was quite cool. And he came up to me and we had the weirdest conversation I've ever had. And like, here am I talking to this massive global rock star telling me about going on tour and hanging out with Gwyneth Paltrow and doing all these amazing things. And then he turns to me and says, what about you, Phil? What do you do? And I went, I'm a vicar. Tumbleweed. (laughs) I mean, it just kind of like... (sighs) So what do you think of the game? I mean, that was literally the conversation. Like, you're a vicar, stop straight back to talking about football. That was all... He just didn't know how to compute what, what was next. Um... And again, my my next biggest regret is that what I should have said at that point is tickets, please. But I didn't because I was trying to be too cool and slightly embarrassed. And I should have just said, like, give me Coldplay tickets. This will be be good. I didn't. Conversation ended. That's it. So my claim to fame is that I know Will Champion from the drummer in Coldplay. Now, you wouldn't know who he is because you know who Chris Martin is, but the rest of the band, no one really knows who they are. Um, But he looks like me. He's bald and he's got a beard and he's middle-aged. And um, I know him. But the truth is, I don't. The truth is, I knew Will. I don't know him. I'm not in any type of relationship with him now. I couldn't, I couldn't call him. I couldn't text him. Jesus says, you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free.
the spirit of truth, you know him. He is with you and lives in you. Don't live off past glories. Don't think that my relationship with Jesus that I once had perhaps as a kid or I had a moment 10, 15, 20 years ago. Know the truth today. Know Jesus now and live in relationship with him now. That looks like us obeying his commands, keeping to his teaching because you're in relationship with him, because you love him, because you want to please him. And as you do that, you'll find freedom. Jesus doesn't leave us alone. He doesn't think that we have, we have to do this on our own. It's not about us doing more or being better or you know, not getting angry. Or f- it's about us saying, okay, Holy Spirit, come and live in me. What the world needs most, more than anything else, is a spirit-filled you. The spirit of truth living in you. If our world's going to change, if we're going to get any kind of sense of truth being important, once again, we need a whole army of people across Derby, across the UK, across the world that says we're going to stand for truth because we know the truth because he's Jesus. I'm in a relationship with him and I'm going to live that out wherever I go. And so I'll speak with integrity and honesty and love and grace. And I won't lie and I won't play political games and just try to climb the ladder. I will be full of the spirit of truth that makes a difference in the world around me. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free.